This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek, and today I'm with Steve Cochran. I'm always with Steve Cochran when we do the Liberator Podcast, so there shouldn't be any difference. Steve, how are you today? I'm incredibly well, Jeremy. Thank you. Yes, good to be in sunny London. It's grey, overcast, and raining. Although we are in the middle of our Indian summer. It's apparently 18 degrees outside, which for this time of year here is uh, um, far too warm. Well, apparently. one of the benefits, I, I hope it stays because I get to come over in about a month and uh, excited to be back in London. In fact, as I was thinking about that recently, I was excited about the things that I miss. Having lived there for a bit, uh, and for those who are listeners uh, listening, and you may not have uh, realized some of the uh, food that you would miss from another location. But I, I'm excited to get back to something in England called crumpets, Steve. And uh, Oh, yes. And, and it, you liked those, uh, didn't uh, you, with butter and, little, butter and, was it Marmite or jelly? It was uh, some jelly or some honey was even better. But uh, oh, for those oh, who are listening, um, we have something in America called English muffins, and they're, it's not true. They're really, they're, <laughs> they're an American version <laughs> It's almost like American Chinese food. It's like not actually in the same Chinese food. Well, in, in England, English muffins would be, I mean, you guys would just spit them out. Because uh, compared to crumpets, <laughs> crumpets are amazing. And uh, for those who are listening who have had them, even the, even the one that tra- at Trader Joe's, they're just, they don't come close oh. to the ones that are in England. So I'm excited to come over and get some butter on some crumpets and a little honey and let them go into the little yeah. pours and have some yeah. tea and crumpets. And uh, that's one of the things that I absolutely miss from, from England. Do you, do you ever have that, Steve? You, you lived in America for a number of years. Do you have it? What do you, yeah, what do you miss? Five years. Gosh, a lot. Um, I think the fir- when, first thing that comes to mind is steak worthy of the name at an affordable <laughs> price. So I, I think I've virtually given up um, ordering steak in England. Although, having said that, they've just opened a Brazilian steakhouse or Argentinian steakhouse in Gerald's Cross called Lomitos, and I went and had a steak, and it was actually really good. So maybe I'm going to have to rethink. But American steak and the sauces you have are just sensational. A ribeye that comes off each corner of my plate is usually my kind of perfect, medium rare, just ready to go with all that marble. I can taste it now even as I talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you who are going, what does this have to do with liberation, the Liberator podcast, we're liberating each other. We're giving each other things to get excited about when we come back. Steve will be over here in a couple of weeks um, in in yep. Oklahoma. We'll 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 see. We have a lot of steak here in Oklahoma, so I know we'll we'll uh, set you up with a, a nice ribeye um, when when you come. come. On. So as long as you'll you'll make sure that you buy me some crumpets. Um, okay, so enough with our banter, English American banter. Hopefully, of the four and a half million people. Did you know it's gone to four and a half million now? Our Liberator podcast. It did. I also know never trust the connector statistics. Eighty-six <laughs> percent <laughs> of all statistics are made up on the spot, and so um, with that, we'll get started with our Liberator Podcast moment of the day. Uh, today, friends from around the world, we're bringing you some um, ideas. It's an idea about effective challenge and how to bring effective challenge. Now, if you remember the um, support challenge matrix that we built this whole show on, it's, it's one of our primary tools. It's this, this idea that the best leaders in the world learn how to calibrate high support and high challenge. 
uh, to really fight for the highest possible good of those that they lead. That person is called a liberator. Someone who does that consistently well is someone who really um, is for people, and people know that they're for them. And so support means to equip, to help. Uh, challenge means to motivate, to make sure that, that, that they're, they're accountable to getting things done. So today we're going to be talking to you about communication and a tool that we have called Power of the Medium. So Steve, why don't you tee it up and teach the tool, and then we'll mm-hmm. walk through it together and uh, kind of share the differences between uh, the, the liberator and the dominator. Fantastic. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, so if you, this tool is called the Power of the Medium, and it really it's to do with how do you bring effective challenge? So this is not about support primarily at this point. It's just thinking on the continuum of challenge. I know I want to be a liberator. I know I need to bring effective challenge. How do I do it? And what medium am I able to use in terms of being successful? So if you think that 100% is the holy grail, that means when I bring challenge to somebody, they hear it, they're able to receive it, it becomes life-giving, and usually it leads to transformational behavior, and they go away going, I'm so glad Jeremy was a liberator for me. I know he's for me. I don't like the fact he's had to bring real challenge, but I know it's going to lead to breakthrough. So that's the goal. That's 100%. 0% is where when you bring challenge, nobody hears anything, or what they hear bears absolutely no resemblance to the challenge you'd hope they'd bring. So what we've done is we've basically chosen the five most common medium that we watch leaders, or possibly even ourselves, do. And based on our extensive research, what percentage of people are going to actually hear what you say and mean it? So the best one we've come across is in person. If you're going to bring challenge, the most effective medium to bring it, even though it's the most challenging at times for us personally, when you do that and people can hear your words, they can see your body language, they can see the, the kind of the way you engage with them, you have a 95% chance that basically they will hear the challenge and the intent with which it was brought and they can ask questions. So that's, your, that's the most effective medium in person. The second is what we call a video chat, uh, whether it's Zoom, GoToMeeting. The quality of video now means you can actually see and hear pretty well. So we reckon that basically 70% chance, if you bring challenge on a video chat, people will on the whole hear what you're saying and be able to respond to it. And then we start to move into the ones where it gets more problematic. So a phone call. If you simply pick up the phone to someone and bring challenge down the phone, you have about a 35% chance, so one in three roughly, that the person on the other end will receive the challenge in the way that you wanted them to receive it. Because they can't see your facial expressions, they can't see what's going on with your body language, all they hear are the words and the tone with which that challenge is brought. So phone calls, about 35%. Then we're moving into the real danger areas. So email is a wonderful tool for encouragement and sending information it's an absolutely appalling tool for bringing effective challenge in our experience. So we reckon 15% of people will hear what you're saying. So put simply, every time you send challenge in an email, when you think you've been very clear, very rational, very reasoned, very clear in what you're saying, there's a one in seven chance that the person on the other end of that email will actually hear the challenge you want them to hear. 
what they'll hear usually six times out of seven is completely the opposite of what you wanted them to hear and they will misinterpret the challenge and it usually goes wrong. So when you send those to me, what I do is I write you one back, which basically says, right, you, here's another one. And we play like this kind of, remember the game in the old Dynamite when there used to be this guy with a box? People just press down and go, right, have that. And at the other end, email escalation of challenge never goes well. And then lastly, if you're not convinced about not doing it through email, there is an even worse medium called the text message. And in honor of your illustrious president, Jeremy, I could probably add Twitter into the text message phenomena. Um, 140 characters is even more limited. But you basically have about a 5 to 10% chance the person will hear the challenge in anything like the calibration you wanted to. So nine times out of 10, challenge brought through social media, text message, or Twitter will ultimately lead to conflict it doesn't lead to liberation. So text message 10%, email 15, phone call 35, video chat 70, in-person, face-to-face, 95% effectiveness of bringing challenge. Now we're presupposing that people want to be liberators here. So now if I wanted to be a dominator, right? <laughs> yes. If I want to, then we've got a president who's showing us exactly how to, to do it in, in, it's from, a, from a Twitter perspective. But from a text messaging if I want to dominate people and I want to bring challenge, I guess the word is effective challenge. Uh, <laughs> yes. People, I can bring challenge through text message. I can bring mm. a challenge through email. But if you desire to create a culture of empowerment, if you actually desire to fight for the highest possible good of your people, and if you want your people to grow, then the very worst things to do are text message and then email for sure. Um, I, I think kind of, I can remember a certain boss I had in the past who actually would send text message and email sometimes late at night <laughs> just to maximize what appeared to be the pain that was caused because there would never be enough detail to fully know what you'd done wrong. Mm-hmm. But there was always this crippling sense of, oh my goodness, I have no idea how this is going to go tomorrow. But one thing I'm absolutely certain about, it's not going to go well. And not knowing how to respond. That, that I think, is when, whether it's deliberate or whether it's accidental, it's so easy when you bring challenge to get it wrong and it be experienced as a dominator, not as a liberator. Well, here's an interesting exercise. If, if every person listening could actually think of the worst text message they've ever received. And what did it do? What, did it bring, was it effective? <laughs> was it, you know, the, so the most, the text messages that brought the most challenge. Then do the same for an email, then a phone call, then a video chat, then in person. The, the most difficult challenge, right? And so uh, if you think about that they've received, then if you want to flip the coin and say, think about, this could get really painful, the most, uh, I don't know, the most challenging text message you've ever given or the, mm. mo- the, the most challenging email you've ever given and how, how was that received? And if you just go back in time in your history and just look back at it and go, oh my goodness, look at the carnage I caused. And that one email that I thought was saying X, Y, or Z, and it didn't. Versus I mean, this, this weekend, um, I had the privilege of having a, a effective uh, challenge conversation, a crucial conversation with a friend. And it was set up kind of mutually that we would kind of talk. And it was in person. And in the past, uh, this person was really 
good at, or I, sh- or I should say really bad at sending challenge in email form. And I was really good at doing passive aggression in cyber warfare. So we decided years ago that we would never do that with one another. So we were having kind of like, yeah, we need to meet again. And so we did. We met in person. We had about an hour and we kind of vented and shared, cleared the air. And you know what was amazing? We both walked out of there with the high fives um, and just appreciation for each other, corresponding text messages uh, the next couple of days, but they were encouragement, not challenge uh, text messages. And so we did it right. Uh, because we needed to bring effective challenge to one another and we did it face to face. And so, you know, I'm applauding myself going, yeah, I've learned because I've done that in the past the wrong way. This person would always bring uh, email challenge and it would always cause a nuclear war. And uh, so uh, the power of the medium is crucial if you want to be a person that people want to follow, not just have to follow. If if you are a... um... If you're a CEO or you're a leader of a serious group of people and you honestly think that sending a company-wide email um, announcing that probably there's going to be some rationalization or some you know, uh, job cuts layoffs. in the next six yeah. months. Yeah, layoffs. If that sounded like a great way of delivering uh, mass information, um, I, was with a, I was with a company this week where they were gathering for what would have been their kind of um, cycle meeting. And it was going to be a celebration of all the achievement that had gone on. Um, But because the global CEO had sent an email to every single person in the company, regardless of it whether it affected the region of Europe that these guys were representing, everybody in the end had to deal with, from the front, giving a communication of trying to translate what that email really meant. So I know the intent for many leaders when they send email is usually because it's an economy of scale, they can get good information down. Um, but I think the thing that we watch time and again, and if you ask your question, when have you ever received challenge via a company email blast and everyone has truly heard it and it's actually been something which has been life-giving for that group of relationships and people? Honestly, if, if, if I could encourage any leader out there to do one thing and remember this as the, the gift from Jeremy and Steve would be is this, never ever send challenge in an email. I mean, you just will not get it right. I promise you, you won't get it right. It's hard enough doing it from the stage. But if you cut, chal- you cut that out of your medium for challenge, we would probably be being a liberated to more than anything before. And if you think you're really good at bringing challenge on email... Go and ask some of the people you've sent it to and ask them to be honest. And I will guarantee if they're brave enough to be honest, it is never a life-giving experience. Hey, you know what's so funny, Steve, is that this is such a simple tool. And I get a lot of people when they first see it. And I, I would admit when I when I first saw it, um, when you had kind of shared it, I was kind of like, yeah, well, that's kind of obvious. And a lot of people would say, this is so common sense. Sure. What's so funny <laughs> is that when you actually look at it in light of every I take all the five circles and you go, what am I doing to my team? What's my tendency and my pattern under stress? What am I doing with my spouse? What am I doing with my kids? What am I doing? So when you really, really dive into it, it's so revealing. So what we're going to do here, uh, this little next exercise is to um, actually, I'm going to do a, I'm going to have you, Steve, go through a fast review of the voices because most of you who have listened, listened, we've taken the five voices and we've taken them throughout the liberating process. 
so those who really know themselves can lead themselves more effectively. So I'm going to throw out a, um, a voice, and I want you just to share the natural tendency of that voice from, from our perspective. Sound good? In relation to the power of the medium. In the relation to the power of the medium. So Great. Okay, so what does the, um, what does the pioneer tend to do with the power of the medium? So the pioneer, um, you'll know, is uh, naturally good at challenge in their own humble opinion and often brings more challenge than support. Most pioneers, if they want to bring challenge, they will do it and they will either do it in one of two ways in our experience. One is they'll either do it over the phone because they usually can't be bothered to take the time to see you in person. If they're feeling the pain and they want you to feel the pain, they'd like something which is pretty immediate. And they'll choose really between phone and email. With the email, they won't give you all the details, but they will communicate often their severe disappointment in no uncertain terms. So email or phone call is often the default of the pioneer when they don't bring effective challenge. They may think they are. It makes them feel good. Right, that's off my chest. But it usually causes a pretty significant detonation at the other end so it feels like a feels like a grenade launcher coming down the phone call or exploding in your email inbox um, and it doesn't usually land well it doesn't produce the results that they they would think <laughs> and so the word effective then comes back into mm. it it's definitely a challenge but it's not effective mm. because it causes people to spin off and and uh, mm. either either isolate themselves or or uh, moan uh, the situation or talk badly about the leader and so yeah get it uh all right so good job next one are you ready for this one uh what does the Come on. what does the connector do connectors you know jeremy they're my absolute favorite they're everyone's favorite really they're um, the best connectors they are i i've learned if i preface everything i say about the connector to jeremy like that then he's <laughs> open to receive the next bit of the process but now i've given away my secret. Pioneer, so, here's... pioneer manipulation <laughs> Good, keep going. <laughs> yes, that's right. Liberation dressed up. Um, so for a connector, the issue for the connector is they, they struggle to bring effective challenge because they actually don't like relational harmony being broken. They don't like seeing people upset. So what the tendency of the, the connector is, they will hint, but they will do it face-to-face because -face they're very relational people. They want to do the right thing. They want people to hear. The best way they're going to hear is for me to talk to them. But so often what they do is they hint at the challenge. They think they've been incredibly clear in the challenge. And of course, the person on the other end of them hasn't heard anything. So nothing changes. And now we're into this person is flagrantly displaying and is not doing anything in relation to the challenge. So eventually the challenge escalates. And now it's personal because you are violating, you know, you're disrespecting me because I'm hinting at you. I'm thinking you've heard it but you haven't heard it, and now I'm judging you because obviously for a connector, it could never be the issue with your external communication. Absolutely, because we're perfect at it. <laughs> um, all right, so th let's go to the Guardian then. What does the Guardian do? Guardian, well, gu Guardian Guardian's very good at bringing challenge, um, but the trouble is with the Guardian, sometimes their desire to communicate the truth means they don't think through the medium through which it should be brought. So Guardians love email. Email allows them in bullet point logic and rationale to explain exactly what you've done wrong and basically what needs to be done differently. So we often say with The Guardian, they can be right and wrong all at the same time. 
If you actually understood the intent with which they were sharing it, you'd probably find the factual information in the email is correct, but the way they write it and the way they communicate it invariably means it's interpreted far more negatively and far more challenging than the Guardian set out to make it. Then, of course, they get very defensive, which is what's obvious. I've just, you know, I've explained it rationally, logically, analytically. How difficult can it be to read basic English and understand what I'm going to say? Sadly, six out of seven times, email never works for challenge. So, Guardians, face-to-face, please, even though I know it's less efficient than actually just in your mind sending a quick email. Well, this next one is pretty close to that. The creative thinker, uh, the creative thinker is not too far off because they still use use email. But it, it, describe that, Steve, what the creative thinker will do. So remember, the creative thinker's weapon system is the the sniper rifle. So sometimes, and they're less effective communicators than the guardian. So the the, the creative thinker will often email, but it's more cryptic. It's not as easy to understand, and it often appears even harsher because they're basically sending a sniper round down through the system. So the amazing amount of times the INTP, that creative thinker, thinks they've communicated well, but not only do people not really understand what they're saying, it's often deeply offensive, and often people, people react quite angrily against what they perceive to be obviously very ineffective challenge but what they really read isn't usually what the creative thinker meant in the first place. While the creative thinker is kind of uh, thinking that they did a really good email, they're kind of to themselves, they're like, yeah, I, I got them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the higher up the, you, the creative voice is in your voice order, the less effective your external communication is in its clarity. Yeah. So if your first voice creative, you have to assume that what you say first isn't what you mean usually certainly not what people hear and if creative is your second voice so virtually for every connector and certainly for those uh, creative thinkers you'll find that basically the discipline of communication and when you're bringing challenge it's even more important that you understand that tendency because so many times you will perceive yourself either to be misheard misrepresented or with the creative um, or sort of feeler version where actually people are just flagrantly disobeying and not taking any notice of what you think you've said. Big issue for creatives, that one. And then the last creative feeler then, uh, maybe describe that one and we'll wrap that uh, part. I hope you're not marginalizing and excluding our favorite, the nurturer, Jeremy. Oh, I didn't. Sorry, goodness. <laughs> Keep going. Creative feeler, <laughs> then the nurturer. Gosh. Okay, I'm we'll going to get that. emails we'll now. Dang it. You... You won't. They're just because they don't like bringing ah, challenges. They certainly won't tell you. So you'll be fine. <laughs> they just think they're just thinking badly of you. We're drawing their care. So creative feeler. Um, everything I've just said before. So first voice creative will struggle to, you know, will struggle to be heard. So they're very relational, a bit like the connectors in some ways. They will probably do it face to face, and it'll probably take them a long time to get round to thinking. Come on, you can do this. I need to be a liberator. But what they'll do is they will communicate ineffectively and they'll hint and assume again that the person has really understood what they're saying. And then, as opposed to the connector that usually starts blaming everyone else when they're not understood, the creative often internalizes, the creative feeler will internalize their sense of personal failure, that thinking, why is it I just can't communicate effectively? So last but not least, the nurturer. Uh, as I mentioned, <laughs> we'll finish with the last... Uh, yes, the last should be first. So nurturers, here's the issue with nurturers. 
Nurturers don't like bringing challenge, so they probably default won't do it. So when it comes to whichever medium, um, the nurturer often uses silence because the way they often communicate that they're trying to bring challenge is they're not present. <laughs> they're not around. They're not engaging with you in the way they often will in kind of that loving, sacrificial, caring way. I would say that most nurturers agonize over bringing effective challenge and probably out of all these, they choose silence and hope that you pick it up in the process. Where they do it well, they'll do it in person. And what they always forget is they have so much relational capital in the bank for every relationship they have. Even when they think they've brought high challenge, everyone still loves them because the nurturer's challenge is, it always feels affirming and it always feels liberating to most people. The issue is with the nurturer and not with the way they bring the challenge. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much. So as we were t started this podcast, we were talking about the sport challenge matrix and the, the goal of being a liberator. So uh, learning how to calibrate high support and high challenge. What we're doing here for you is sharing with you how to calibrate high challenge, how to actually bring effective challenge through communication. And that most people get that wrong because mostly the time they don't know any different. They, they think uh, this is the way it should be done because that's what they see in the culture. This is what other people do. Well, again, uh, email or a text message uh, is never effective. Mm. So we're, we're just asking you to stop it and really get to the point <laughs> where you can either practice in-person uh, video chat, ideally. Um, those would be the, the top two, in-person being the best. And when you do, you'll find that you'll, have, you'll start having less drama and you'll cause yourself less issues because you've simply gone to the source. You've started um, uh, dealing with, with people face-to-face, -face and you can rectify a situation much much quicker. So, Can I add a little upgrade, yes, Jeremy? Yes, um, Called the power of the context. So assuming that you're going to go in person and be brave enough to really own your tendencies in that process, where you deliver the challenge is also important as well. So thinking through in advance, if you're really going to bring some challenge to somebody, think about where would you most like to receive that. So sometimes, you know, if it's discipline, discipline, then basically doing it in the office across the desk often communicates that sense of power. But honestly, sometimes over a coffee, over food, actually choosing a neutral location, some of those things of just thinking about Okay, if I'm going to bring challenge, I'm going to deal with my tenancy. I know I need to do it face-to-face -face for it to work well. Where is the best context for where I believe the person is most likely to be able to hear this and engage with it? I, I like to do mine in uh, live concert halls during a very loud concert <laughs> where I can so they can't where hear. I can yell. If I can, I can really get out, and then hopefully they'll like see my body language, and then we'll get my point across, and then we'll... Yeah. <laughs> Good job. They, they always say... They always say that basically um, food is an incredible context for any form of relationship. So you, if you think about it, people used to eat. You always have to put your weapons down to eat. So I often say to people is actually for me, some of the best challenge happens in the place where actually it feels like I am so for you. So you just created, feel like, you created a food fight. I can just see it now. Uh, but anyway. So... So next time, I, next time, you always bring challenge to me over food. Well, absolutely. Every time we eat, there's I'm... a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and 
you're very good at it, actually, Jeremy. I, 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 at least I know when you do it, you've often thought about it long and hard, and then you bring it. So I just want to honour you as somebody as a connector well, who actually really, at least to me anyway, yeah. does it to my face. Well, here's the here's the other cue. Steve, you know I'm for you, right? Yes. <laughs> so when you hear that, get ready, put your seatbelt on. No, hey, and, and, for, all, yeah. for all those listening, uh, again, these are tips. These are, are things that we've learned. Our, our goal in this podcast is to serve you, is to really help you uh, learn how to be a liberator in every circle of influence. And uh, that's a goal of giant. We have, we have giants. We call them uh, Sherpas, really. They, they help people through this process of becoming more effective in their leadership and more effective in their teams. So we have giants uh, working in a number of countries that are helping companies of all uh, shapes and sizes. Uh, if you want more information on that, you can go to giantworldwide.com, take a look at that, uh, or contact us, uh, jordan at giantworldwide.com, uh, if you have any interest of taking your teams to the next level. And some of this stuff is so practical. What we figured out, though, is how to put it into a process uh, that, that helps teams where they don't lose it. We create a leadership language inside companies. So um, you're just getting some of it as pieces as we do the podcast. So, uh, Stephen, last comments you want to make before we uh, before we finish? I need to just say thank you to all the people who who write to us, who kind of um, send their questions, send their emails. Um, we really, really appreciate the kind of time people take to either say thank you, um, which most of you do, or even to bring challenge to certain statistics that Jeremy's made up. We really like that. If it's if it's challenge you want to bring, then it's just Jeremy at giantworldwide.com. <laughs> Anything else, if it's encouragement, affirmation, and just general saying we're great, then it's steve at giantworldwide.com. Look forward to hearing it. Spoken you. like a true pioneer. So with that, uh, we <laughs> wish you well. We'll see you, friends, uh, next go-around. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.